There are lots of different ways to spin ratings, whether it's TV, radio, streaming, what have you. All just different language mechanisms, uh, smaller subsections, uh, males from 24 to 54, whatever it is. There is no way to spin what a disaster the Stanley Cup final was from that perspective. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins, as very much expected, hired Jason Spezza as their assistant GM. I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about that. For one, I have no background on what Spezza did or didn't do in Toronto as a management person. I do know and respect like crazy the dude's playing career. If he was coming here as a player, even at this age, I'd be like, all right, Spezza, yeah. Secondly, the only thing we know about this management structure to date is that Dubas is making the decisions. So who he has doing the grunt work for him really doesn't move the needle much for me. I mean, let's remember, there's still, technically speaking, a GM vacancy. And we don't even know what the GM would do. The final was always going to be tough. When you're talking about hockey in South Florida, a market that only recently, believe this or not, this was just a handful of years ago, registered an actual zero on the local Nielsen rating scale for just a basic regular season home game. A zero. Now, that doesn't mean zero people watched. It just means the way they compute things, they got a zero. So as many bandwagon people and Dan Marino and the coincidence of the Miami Heat making it to the NBA finals and how, however that was going to set itself up, it still wasn't going to result in any sort of big rating down there that would compensate for, you know, not a lot of people being interested in the Florida Panthers anywhere else either. Las Vegas is a smaller market than Pittsburgh. Las Vegas is a pretty small market, although it's a little distorted to say that without adding that it's really growing at a rapid pace. The Golden Knights have been successful and beloved there in a very, very short time, even before this playoff run, but you still weren't going to get much there either. So where did it end up? I have the numbers. Let me go through it. Here they are right here. The Stanley Cup Final which was aired, we're talking about television here now, across TNT, TBS, and True TV. I don't even know what that is. Averaged 2.6 million viewers. That is really, really bad, okay? I I can give you all kinds of comparables from other sports. This is really, really bad. Like the worst rated NFL game maybe ever wouldn't touch this number, meaning going that low. A year ago, the figures between ESPN and ABC 
were 4.6 million. That's not double, but it's close to double. So there are a couple of things in play here where TV is concerned. One is that network TV still matters because even now on condensed cable packages, they still give you the network channels. They throw those into all packages. If you're like me and you have just a handful of channels, they still give you the network ones, right? Okay. Second, am I the only one who has no idea to this date what channel number TNT is? Am I? I mean, this was just not something that was a normal stop for me, in in part because I don't watch the NBA. I, I just every single time had to look up where a game would be if it was on TNT, regardless if it was final or whatever. Third, and please don't discount this one, this final stunk. Okay, there wasn't much there. I talked about that on yesterday's show. Even when Florida took game three and it looked like they could make a series of it, and as soon as you saw Matthew Kachuk going down, Sergei Bobrovsky's armor had been chipped, this wasn't going to be very compelling. And it ended up even less than that. What other drama was there? What other storyline was there? Did anybody care that an expansion team was going to, after... Such a long, arduous period of time finally lift Lord Stanley's cup in the desert? No, no. Nothing was there to capture the imagination. But even then, I've got one last one. And at the same time, it's my first one. It's the one that's at the top of the list. This league, under Gary Bettman, does next to nothing to build up its stars, to build up its personalities, to build up its truly best players, best teams, whatever it is. It doesn't even do things to police the game in a way that would benefit the most talented players it's got. So that maybe there are other, not necessarily Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby level players in the league, but other stars that could you know, get up there that could climb up and have some recognition. If it's going to bother you that I'll use NBA examples here, you know, feel free to hit stop on the on the podcast. But the NBA is fantastic at this. Now, yeah, it's easier. There's five players per team. Uh, guys can score a zillion points. And we just saw now in the NBA finals that Nikola Jokic, and yes, I'm bringing him up because he's Serbian, morphed into a star during the finals, even more so than he did in the playoff rounds before that, including when he beat LeBron James and the Lakers and everything else. We watched the country fall for Nikola Jokic and what he does and how unusual he is in the NBA environment. And they pounded that because the NBA knows what it's doing. If you made it through the entire NBA Finals without knowing a single name, the rest of the entire Denver lineup, they didn't care. They wanted you to watch for the star. They wanted you to watch for the freak element. The NHL has not one little tiny bone in its figurative body that worries about stuff like that. Now, do I think the NHL should cater 
to a, a McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and those guys and find ways to make sure that those teams have an easier path? No, 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 no. But if you call the game properly, they do have a better chance. And that actually is fair. And if you promote the game properly, do you really think, do you really think that viewers are going to be turned off because McDavid is playing for a team in Canada? No, they just want to see the star. They want to see the freak. They want to see the Nathan McKinnons. They want to see the truly great players. And they want to have them promoted and pumped so that you and your buddies can talk about that thing that they watched last night. Look, McDavid and Edmonton is a lot closer to us and our culture and everything else in America than Jokic is in Serbia. And take that from a Serb when we come back, J1Q. from Slim, and Slim just kills it. He says, DK, is that the first time Gary Bettman wasn't booed at one of those things? I wonder why, LOL. Okay, Gary brought the Golden Knights to Las Vegas. Almost any market in which the commissioner of the National Hockey League had a hand in bringing a team their way, and the commissioner would always have a very significant hand in doing so, you're not going to hear him get booed. So, why does Gary get booed in Winnipeg? Well, because those people know they're hockey. That's why. That's the difference here. It's as simple as that. Gary was accepting of a move that almost any other commissioner wouldn't have wanted, meaning taking a franchise from Atlanta, major U.S. market, chance for real growth. TBS is actually based there and moving it to the smallest hockey market in all of North America. I was about to say the smallest market in professional sports, but that would be Green Bay, Wisconsin. Above Green Bay, you've got Winnipeg, Manitoba. But they know hockey and they know that Gary isn't good for the game with the significant exception of having installed the salary cap. That's the only mulligan I give him. Uh, I do appreciate that over recent years, we have seen hockey scoring come back. That was another one of my big criticisms of him for a long time. I'll do what Gary does, though, in those circumstances and credit the general managers instead and credit the youth programs across, especially, I think, across the U.S., but to an extent in Canada. Canada still is is really old school in terms of youth development. The U.S. has really encouraged a higher level of skill and creativity in the game, which is how you end up getting, you know, an Austin Matthews come out of the desert. But otherwise, and especially in the realm of player safety, uh, I think Bettman's just been an abomination as a commissioner. The way he conducted himself through the CTE lawsuit, the way he just casually, almost smirking in his approach, dismissed the impact of a very real condition that has cost hockey players, particularly enforcers or former enforcers, their lives. I I don't have much use for that. I really don't. I believe that 
the outdoor games, which were the brainchild of someone else in the league, not Gary. I mean, he had to go along with it and whatever, are almost the only innovation that's happened in 30 years under this commissioner. This sport needs new guidance, new leadership, new vision. And that's what those ratings should tell everyone. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.